Too Many Comics, episode 198. Brooks, we're getting ever so close to 200. I know, man. It's a big it's deal. A, whenever we came up with this idea to start doing this and chit-chatting about some books, do you ever think we'd hit 200 episodes? I didn't think we'd do two. <laughs> and we started with zero, if you famously remember that. I do. So, so this is like 199? Then? Yeah, and then plus we have all the interviews. I mean, we've done more than 200. We but, have. Yeah. Man, we've been around for a while. We have. And you know, it, it took... Um, a lot of like, you know, there's been some bumps in the road. You know, life happens. You've had a child. I've moved across the country. We have full-time jobs and what have you. But, hey, we're doing it. We're doing the thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, there, so there you go. In the midst of 200-plus episodes of comic book talking, you have met Brian K. Vaughn twice now. Two times. Who okay, so thought let's, that? Let's, let's, no one. So... <laughs> So let's let's set the scene here. So Brian K. Vaughn and Cliff Chang came back to sign the final issue of Paper Girls, which is number thirty. Which you know we we can discuss tertiarily later. I haven't read it yet. I'm not gonna lie because I, I I took your advice and I decided to stop read the month because the book is so all over the place that I find myself when you get to the we, we said it before when you get, when you get to the new issue you're like I don't know where we are. Mm-hmm. There's just there's just too much. Nevertheless. So, <clears throat> so they were going to go sign at the downtown store. I, I know it's hard for, for you to wrap your head around how far I work from, even though I, I'm in Manhattan, but I'm of a six miles plus. Which again, in a, in a normal city. town, is like, which in a normal town, six miles is nothing. I'll be there in 15 minutes. Not in this town. So, um, I had planned to like slip out of work, you know, a little bit early. I brought a change of clothes. Bloody bloody, don't you know that I have a meeting with my boss before this? This, this excursion Lame. that's go, that's going long, and I and I can feel myself in my head being like, "Come on, let's." Let, let, I had planned to leave, let's say at four forty-five. Well, now we're approaching like five ten, which again every second counts because you have to get there early, you have to get in line. I at this point I also had not bought the books, bought made up that word. I have not bought the books yet, which you have to do in order to even be eligible for this thing. A buddy of mine's going to go with me to this thing. Um, and in fact, the guy that I brought with me is the guy that I brought last time to Jeff Lemire. So all he knows is like top drawer, A-list. <laughs> s- <sci-> <laughs> I'm not going to say who's not on the top shelf, but like you're looking at Jeff Lemire and Brian K. Vaughn. Those are the, the those are like A-listers. They are bringing it home these yes, days indeed. In, in comics. Nevertheless, I do manage to get out of work a little bit early, but not like I would like. And I, I run I run back to my office. I change clothes real fast. Get to the subway. It was it was mercifully on time. I get to the line at this place, dude. I'm not gonna lie. This is the longest line I have ever, ever seen at Midtown Comics ever. Like I'm, I mean, it, it, it it's wrapping around the block. Typically, I've seen them go up like up 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 uh, half a block, three quarters of a block. Mm-hmm. It's it's long as shit. Also, to add, this is the furthest back I've ever been in a line. <laughs> So I'm like, damn, this whole experience, it was three hours plus from, from getting there to leaving. But it, it, anyway, so I, 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 I waited out. There was some work drama that had happened. Uh, you know, I was discussing with people in line, you know, what'd you bring? What'd you bring? One guy came in from super far away and he brought some stuff that's fairly new. And he's like, well, what do you got? And so this is what I brought. So I brought your saga one, my saga one, my saga two. Paper Girls 1, which I already have signed, but I brought a second one. Paper Girls 30, Paper Girls 30. That's what I brought. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, oh, yeah, I have Saga 1, too, but I was too scared to bring it. I'm like. <sighs> that ain't worth that much, dude. 
I mean, a couple hundred bucks, and and he was he was much younger than me and you, where that all that matters that much more. So I'm gonna say, um, but anyway, so get in there, and you know, again, Brian K. Vaughn and Cliff and Chain could not have been nicer, and I also felt the guilt of not having a whole lot for Cliff Chain to sign because. Because I, I don't. But I did say, you know, like I asked him, you know, Brian came on that. It's not Cliff Chang. He had no, 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 no questions. <laughs> no questions. Uh, he's working on something top secret, apparently. Uh, Brian came on, uh, would not talk about coming back. I asked, you know, when's it coming back? He goes, we haven't announced it yet. I'm sorry. But he did talk about um, a little bit that uh, the uh, Why the Last Man in some meetings they've had. And uh, he said, um, when I busted out the two sagas, I, and this is a true story. I remember when I bought that book, um, the guy from the store we used to shop at, Superhero Beach, which is now Coliseum of Comics, uh, he pulled two for me. And I was like, oh, no, no, it's fine. I got one. And I said, I've been kicking myself in the ass. By the way, listeners, one was Alan. So I don't have two myself. One for me, one for Alan. Yes. And I said, I've been kicking my own ass for years that I did not take both of those books because it has now been so rare and valuable to readers. And he goes, well, did you get it when it first came out? Or, you know, parentheses, are you, like, one of those? I go, no, man, I'm from the beginning. And he goes, of. He goes, you know, if it makes you feel any better, I don't have a number one. I gave them all the way. So, Brian came on. I believe he does not, but I believe he could get one quite easily. Yes. And also, he doesn't need it. So, just step off, yeah. George. Anyway, so, all, all in all, a, 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 good, a good experience. When I was walking out of the store, um, there was a guy in front of me in line who brought something that I couldn't make out what it was. It, it was like a black and white kind of thing. As it turns out, he had gotten signed. And I saw him in the street. I was like, I go, what was that thing? He had gotten signed a panel from Runaways Number 1 way back, drawn by uh, Adrian Alfona. Obviously, Brian K. Bond was, was the writer of that. He got that signed. That's Jesus OG Christ. shit. That's some OG shit. That would be awesome. Yeah, so that's what I did. All I right, did. well, thank you, buddy. You're welcome. I'm appreciative, and I can't wait to uh, get all this signed merch here in a couple weeks. If you're lucky. <laughs> I like cash in our friendship over this. Well, we've got the uh, infamous Ryan follow-up uh, part two this week. As we put him on blast about the Arrowverse. I knew this was coming. And he said, he says, Brooks is right. When I was watching Flash season two and three, the Arrowverse was good. Supergirl first one and a half seasons and first season of Legends were worth watching. I think Legends is what killed it for me, though. Season two was rough. I don't think I ever finished it. Flash season one was great. Season two was pretty good. Season three had a good idea, but too much filler during the season. Season four was bad. And season five only got saved by the return of a great character. And that was what he said. And then he also followed up a day later. Uh, I, I assume that he eventually read um, House of X number one. He said, Professor X can walk and wears half a Mysterio helmet looking Cerebro at all times now, question mark? Well, I can answer that, if you'd like. <laughs> I, can, I can answer that Let's concern. Hear He's in Phantom X's body now. All right. Who, who could walk? Who can walk? We got and that. The, the, the helmet I can't explain. I think that's probably like a Cerebro thing. Okay. Like a Cerebro extension yes. situation. But the walking is because he's in Phantom X's body. That's what I know. And I, I like I said, I, I respect your brother's comic book uh, connections and uh, experience and knowledge. So I always get very nervous <laughs> when I was like, oh, shit, what did I get wrong? But uh, but in this case, yes, I was right. Yes, he did say yes. he liked it. All, well, all those years. All he does have the all-time follow-up of when we were wrong about the Simpsons quote. I was thinking that, and I said, and I'm the one that got it wrong. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll even absolve you of that. You laughed at my joke, but I said it wrong. Yep. 
Uh, <laughs> so we, we mentioned last time about lining up another interview with David Peppos of Spencer and Locke fame. Uh, we are going to do that. We've been uh, admittedly terrible at responding back to his email and getting our ducks in a row of when we might be able to pull this off. Um, and simply because um, he did mention that the final order cutoff on his new book, Going to the Chapel, uh, is August 12th, which is Monday. Uh, I think he was hopeful that we would get an interview before then. But he said, otherwise, it'll just be lead up to release date, which is fine, too. So, you know, he's not hating on us or anything if we don't get it in before then. But wanted to give him the pub up front and tell all the listeners that the final order cutoff for going to the chapel. But David Peppos is August 12th. So if we don't get the interview in before then, uh, definitely order the book. Well, also, this first times, if not the first time, that we have interviewed somebody about a book we have not read. So that, that'll be interesting. Where mm-hmm. I'm like, well, what are we going to talk about? Well, <laughs> he did send read? us the PDF of the first issue. Yeah, I know that. But okay, but have you have you read it? I have not. No, so but I will. There you go. But and I he will. describes it uh, as it's like if Quentin Tarantino and Arrested Development had a baby, then chose to bring that baby to a wedding. Where's the baby's a wedding? <laughs> it's Die Hard meets Wedding Crashers. Okay, cool. All right, uh, we will get into, uh, get in touch with him and look forward to uh, speaking with him again. Super. You know, great writer and uh, into comp into reading as well. I think we've talked to some writers that you know don't have the time to keep up with things as much as they would like. But he was super opinionated on a lot of the current current books that were going on at the time, and uh, you know, I was appreciative of that. Me too. Spider Man Far From Home joins the Billion Dollar Club. Good for them. Are we surprised at this? Uh, I'm surprised by a billion. I'm not surprised that it's successful. Yeah, a billion. And I want to say at the time of, that that story published, which is a good like week ago, I think it. Was it's like the 40th most successful movie of all time, which is nothing to sneeze at because there's no. been lots of movies, way more than 40. Lots more. Yes, like at least 10 times as many yes. as that. Uh, last bit of follow-up. We've talked numerous times about Runaway Season 3, Cloak and Dagger Season 2 just finishing up. Obviously, Cloak and Dagger being involved in Runaway's book. Um, the teasers that have been happening between the characters of these two television shows it has been officially confirmed that there will be a crossover episode just one episode, uh, but the episodes are they are what fifty minute episodes in in Hulu. Um, yeah. So we get one full episode of a crossover of everyone together, and they filmed a little video for it. Uh, this was cool to see. I'm very much anticipating watching this. Yeah. Okay. What I don't hate. It's I'm not hating. Just it's not my favorite. All right. Well, let's talk some books then. Okay, bookies. So All right, debut number review. one this week. Debut review: Powers of Ten, not X One. So this is Jonathan Hickman, obviously. Continuing on the House of X Powers of Ten book that series that he has going on, which is supposed to be the big, huge X-Men event that everyone has been waiting for to uh, kick off the what have you's. Um, I know I know, I had you explain a lot of House of X n- number one to me, uh, and we'll probably even need more so this Powers of Ten. Because here's my thoughts. Um, super, I, was, I feel like I was super lost. In this, I, I get that I was as lost as well. Okay, uh, and I and I'm, I'm I'm a reader of X books. So 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 here's the thing. So we've got like you said, we have the House of X and Powers of Ten, and I feel like House of X is a, is a little more straightforward. Although I read, which we will not discuss on this show today because we're a week a couple days behind. Uh, House of X number House, House of X number two, which is like what is the fuck? But this is like next level. What are we doing here? So. If you know Jonathan Hickman, and you do, he has a super ambitious approach to books. Mm-hmm. It is not, it is not a linear by any means. He's, as you say, world building galore. 
you got to really pay attention. I mean, again, I've read stuff like East of West, which you had to like put on your seatbelt. Like, what what's happening here? Who are all these characters? There's a whole Michigas Universal stuff, things going on. Threads are picked up ten books later. Pay attention. Um, so we get this situation where we see like over time what's happening with mutants. Right? We have like the like the current situation we have the 10-year plan the 100-year plan the thousand-year plan i'm 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 probably getting the the chronological differences wrong but we we have seen where mutants have really sort of carved out a whole other whole other community for themselves next level of what they have in quote-unquote our timeline right Mm -hmm. where they have like been breeding to get like the best possible mutant power sets and there is for sure some conflict between them because they, they are viewed as, frankly, a threat to Homo sapiens because they are – they represent yeah, – if you believe in, in evolution, maybe you do, maybe you don't. <laughs> uh, that's what they are, which means that humans proper are getting left behind. And so all the machinations and things on both sides of the fence that have, that have taken place over the years to keep things at bay – and or you know not be overtaken or be overtaken right right it's but it's it is it's a toughie dude like i i was white knuckling like i'm so not quite sure what is happening and they read and the the reading order of powers of x and house of 10 i'm sorry house of x and powers of 10 (laughs) is you're supposed to alternate if, if they're weeklies if you put them all together I'm curious to see how they work as a weekly narrative because right but, now it, but they it don't always alternate though. They don't. Are you sure? So and I, I pulled up the back thing just to, uh, to make sure of that cause I thought I saw that. So it goes house powers, house powers, powers, house, house powers, house powers, house ends with power. Okay. First of all, you just sounded like you were a sample of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> like you were a soundboard house, house powers, 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 house, house. Um, Okay, well, good to know. But even still, like, I, I – okay, so I, I read a few reviews of, of Powers of Ten where they said, ain't no way this book could survive on its own. You have to read House of X to mm-hmm. – and again, we've only had one issue of this, but I agree so far. What would I possibly understand about this were it not for the Anchor book really expanding? And you'll learn a lot more in House of X number two, what, sort of the, 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 the broader what's going on here. But I agree with all and sundry that it's a dense, difficult, multi-layered um, take on what's happening. Is there a way that they could have done this better to like a – not like an entry-level reader, I guess, but – I imagine there's got to be a lot of people that read books, uh, weren't reading all of the X-Men type stuff. They catch wind of, hey, there's going to be a giant reboot of X-Men. Marvel owns them for the movies. You see the stuff at Comic-Con of all the titles are going to come out in the fall. And then, like, you pick these up. Because I mentioned last last week about, I, I want to be into it. I've, I haven't read House of X 2 yet, but I did buy it. So that's, I've been on the hook for three weeks now of reading this stuff. But when I compare this to something like, you know, Avengers versus X-Men was just starting sort of when when you got me back into reading some books. And that was so, so easy to grasp with, like, what they were, you know, what the differences were, what was sort of happening. And granted, that the tie-in book of that, of, you know, AVX versus was just, like, some fight scenes on the side, which was cool. But that yeah. was great and that you didn't need to, like decipher i didn't have to go from main storyline to then this other book where it's like even more in depth of the characters of what's happening 
I mean, so I think, and I'm just putting this out there, and I'd be curious what listeners and your brother slash listener thinks of this. So it's not just being a fan of the X-Books. I think when you see that Jonathan Hickman is is the architect of a of a of a series, you have to be a fan of that too. Like remember when we read Secret Wars, that was just so like what the fuck? But you really had to like pay attention and you know be okay with his style of telling a story, which mm-hmm. again is a lot of density and a lot of storylines and a lot of you know, new concepts simultaneously being thrown at you. And that's, that's part of it. I mean, he's like a, he's like a, like a Tarantino that way, where it's a very, very distinct style of of, of comic book and you don't see it a lot and either it's, it's for you or it's not. But I think, like I said before with, with Tarantino, Quentin Tarantino, uh, (laughs) the, the payoff tends to be pretty good if you can stick with it. I mean, he's made very few stinkers, Quentin Tarantino, but he, but he's had some great movies that make you work for a little bit. So I think this is going to be one of those things where I think if you hang on tight and give it the chance that it deserves by like book four, this is my prediction, book four, book five of, of both of these, you're going to be pretty hooked because the way that he's really, really allowed this book to have so many complex but intelligent layers. That's my prediction. Okay. And, I will, that. I, I, and I'll be reading it regardless. So there you go. Okay, you will help me along the way. Yes, I will. That's my that, that's my uh, promise to you. All right. And even though we are recording this on Wednesday, which means new books did come out, uh, we will record a quick show before the before the next week. Uh, but we will put it out there that we will be re- reviewing Berserker Unbound number one, uh, which we have both purchased already. We have both already read, correct? Yes. This is out of Dark Horse Comics, written by Jeff Lemire, art by Mike Diodato Jr. Who was uh, signing at Midtown Comics in a couple there weeks. There you go. Uh, this is from the creator of Black Hammer. A merciless sword and sorcery warrior finds himself blasted through a wormhole to a modern-day metropolis where he must protect those around him from an evil wizard determined to send him to hell. Okay, here's what I didn't do, is reread the description when I read this book. And that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I, I I never even read the description once. It just You texted me and said you bought the new Jeff Lemire book. And you know Lemire being one of those guys, like a Hickman, where if you're into them... You know, I'll pick up a book if you tell me that Jeff Lemire is writing it. I'll give yep. it at least one issue. So I had no idea what I was reading, and uh, we'll see how that parlayed into my thoughts next week. We certainly will. Uh, elsewhere this week, so here's here's the the problem I'm running into though is that I think some of what I read may have come out today. So it might be a little a little mixture between last week this week. Um, I did get to deceased number four. It came out today. Okay, uh, deceased number four. I, you know, we, we talked, I talked a lot of this book and event Leviathan. Is that how you say it? Leviathan. Okay. You correct me well, every time. But I was like Leviathan. I like yeah. that as well. So it sounds like a, like a, like a marathon kind of well, thing. Well, obviously I, I have mentioned a few times that I prefer that book over this one, but I'm still reading this one. Uh, we get uh, a lot of happenings with all the heroes um, gathering at the daily planet, uh, trying to figure out what's going on, how they can best help things. Uh, they get a little surprise knowledge from Cyborg when he shows up. And then just to me personally, uh, you get a great scene of Alfred coming. We, we've already seen Batman, what we think is, you know, perished or been taken over by these zombie creatures. Um, Alfred comes in one of the bat- flying Batmobiles and uh, brings the mask and cape to Damien. 
telling him that his dad said you were worthy of it. Hey, why are you spoiling this whole book for me? Oh, I didn't know that you hadn't read it yet. But I had. I had okay, there's it. a good team with Damien. It's too late. And nothing you. else about the storyline. You're good. Okay, fine. Uh, and then the only other thing I got to was Runaways 23. Did you read this? Yes. Okay. That came out, well, that came out last week. Yes. What we're supposed to do. So uh, we've still got Unconscious, um, Doombot, and Victor. Uh, so we get their sort of unconscious beings going through what is called a nightmare, but clearly it's just their their states of mind are able to connect uh, somehow. Um, get some good dialogue between Gert and Chase. We get, you know, Molly trying to be helpful, laying them out with her teddy bears and, and you know, stuffing them with their blankets and stuff. Um, just a lot of good back and forth between the runaways. I mean, you know, not a super exciting issue. Uh, I think, obviously, some whenever we get to the end, some things are about to happen. We've got uh, Nico and Carolina are, you know, about to start saving people together rather than her doing it and Carolina doing it in secret. And uh, some more storyline pushing. Still just, you know, in, in any other regular time, this book would have ceased to exist a long time ago. Uh, but glad it's still around. They keep pushing Rainbow Rainbow Roll, so I feel like they're going to continue with this. Season 3 of The Runaways is coming out. Um, yeah, if you told me five years ago that there'd be a third season of The Runaways and a current pretty good book on issue 23, I would not have belie- believed you. That's true. But I, I, I do feel like I need this book to pick up the pace. I do. Well, it seems I feel, though it I, might... I mean, I, I feel like they've been kind of plodding around that house for some time. Now we get things like Carolina has been secretly crime fighting. That's something, but they're not, they've not run away from anything. So true. Let's, let's maybe get on that. All right. I'll quick try. read, uh, quick read though. That was all I got to. So, okay. So we talked about paper girls concluded this week. Paper girls 30. Um, I did, like I said before, take a, Pretty good break from the series, so I picked up uh, tw- issue twenty-seven. I, mean, I picked up. I mean, I picked up long ago, but I picked up to read this week, and I was not surprisingly very lost. But knowing that I have twenty-eight, twenty-nine, and thirty ahead of me, I'll probably just power through that. My only, my only, you know, comment on the book is, I would never say that it's not smartly written or cleverly drawn or whatever it else. But you know, in a sea of too many comics that's what i'm saying uh, it's just one of those ones where you have to really make time for it and, and that's what i'm gonna have to do and that's what i'm gonna do but i am moving so that's another issue we have ahead of me busy but man I'm a, I'm a busy man i do what i can once you get settled into the new place you can read a bunch of books bookies yes i will so that's basically what i've got now i did purchase a lot of shit um i've got uh batman uh, last night on earth me too simmering here's, simmering here's my concern about that though is since I last read Batman Last Night on Earth 1, I've started to read the last two DC books, which I just talked about, and Batman yeah. Curse of the White Knight. So I've got all mm-hmm. these Batman stories. Yep. And I might need to like go back and reread the first issue, but I know these are like very long issues. They are long. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm like kind of dreading that. Double um, long. But yeah. I mean, I plan to. It's just, you know, that's what I mean when I say there's too many comics. That's what I'm saying. So and there you go. That. Okay, well, and I, I, actually, I have two follow-ups because we, we did the tagline twice in the last minute. A, we're getting closer to having a new logo, so stand by for that. The guy doing the logo, good friend of mine, asked, why are we not on Spotify? Uh, they're like – they weren't open the longest time for like submissions, and now I think they are. And that one platform that I was in the process of merging us onto automatically submits to Spotify. I just need to finish getting us on there. 
just just let's make it happen i've yeah. got us a theme song and a logo it's it's the least i can do okay well where's the logo it's coming all right it's very it's it's very smartly drawn i i, I assure you all right and the theme song's good too cool actually wrote the lyrics love it <laughs> <laughs> all right well we talked spider-man uh i think when the first venom came out we talked a lot about the disappointment we had in that you know, it's not part of MCU. Sony continues to want to do its own thing. So it strips this great villain from ever being involved in the MCU. They, it was successful overseas, even though a lot of people didn't like it stateside, uh, which meant that Venom 2 was greenlit. And they have confirmed that Andy Serkis is aboard to be the director of the sequel. So this is Gollum. What else did he do? Uh, uh, Snoke. He's known for director wise. I don't know. Yeah, director. I have no idea. You know, Ulysses also, File. I, I don't know who that is. In the MCU. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, I did read today that Michelle Williams, not the one from Destiny's Child, the one from Dawson's Creek, mm-hmm. uh, is signed on to be in the scene. All right, cool. Well, I look forward to uh, not seeing that in theaters. Did you ever? Did you ever see it mm, at not all? Yet? Nope. Really? It's just okay. Yeah, I mean, I'll get to it someday. I'm sure you will. Uh, we've got a new book from Karen Gillan and Dan Mora, Once in Future Number 1, is already sold out two weeks before going on sale. Well, that's something, right? Do we think this will be a number one that week for us? I imagine so. Pro- probably, and it reads, you can't say we didn't warn you time after time that Karen Gillan's and Dan Mora's Once in Future was trending to be a big hit for selling out, I guess. It cuts off. Uh, well, big hit for Boom Studios. Good. Filling the void of the soon-departing Wicked and Divine. So I, I really like Kieran Gillen. I wish it was working again with Jamie Jamie McKelvey. Uh, but like the writing, uh, hopefully those two get back together at some point to do another series. They've worked a lot together. Uh, but, you know, I'll be interested in checking this out. Yeah, I'm, I'm down. All right, then. Uh, ABC and Active Talks to bring new female-led Marvel series to air. So we've talked a lot about Hulu shows, the Disney Plus shows. I think we oftentimes forget um, about... ABC and Disney and their connection. I guess it's part of the contract that ABC is is apparently going to always have a Marvel show in rotation. Uh, and with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. ending soon, they're already looking ahead to the future as to what, what they're going to do. Um, there was talk that they would do Miss Marvel, but it looks like she's going to be headed to the MCU at some point in the future. Uh, they talked about Squirrel Girl, but I think that they've got like the Hulu stuff coming out where they're going to be using her. Yeah. Um, so I don't think this is any sort of official rumor. It's just comic book resources was saying, you know, what current female led people could they use? Obviously Kate Bishop's going Disney plus there's a lot of people up in the air. Um, deadline tossed out she Hulk and then comic book resources wondered if America Chavez might be in line for potentially something like this. And they also tease it could be a new character, which is like, yeah, I wouldn't do that. Don't do that. Also, I, I you mentioned Kate Bishop. I I did not mention to you uh, when I watched some of the videos stuff they were doing at Comic Con, and they teased the Hawkeye series, and they concluded it with an an, it was all animated, right? Mm-hmm. And it showed what was clearly Kate Bishop, and the mm-hmm. crowd went wild. I enjoyed that very much. Yes, me too. I very very much. Makes me want to uh, read Kelly Thompson's Kate Bishop again. Well, as you know, I do have her first appearance. Oh, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Avengers Endgame related to finish things up. Chris Hemsworth shares his personal favorite scene. So we we both know that our favorite scene is Cap wielding Mjolnir for oh, the first time. Yeah. Comes flying oh. through. Woo. It smacks Thanos. You think Thor's grabbing it, and it goes right on by. Cap snatches it up, turns, looks at the camera, 
It is a video that I sent to you last night yeah. because over mm-hmm. the last two nights I rewatched Endgame, uh, purchased it obviously when it came out. So I've seen it for the third third time. Uh, I thought you saw it twice in the theater. Right? Twice in the theater, yeah. Then once at home, yeah. So third time, it's uh, still fantastic. Uh, but back to the story. Chris Hemsworth shares that his favorite part of the uh, the movie is when he and Cap are together. Uh, Cap has Stormbreaker. He's got Mjolnir, and he looks at Cap and says, no, no, give me that. You have the little one. He takes Stormbreaker from him, and then they go off beating down on some people, um, which was also a good moment. So, you know, I enjoy that uh, his favorite part included, you know, Cap being a part of having his weaponry that we once thought no one else could have. That was good stuff. That was so good. That's a great movie. Oof. A lot of I mean, touching I mean, moments. A lot I of great s- action. I can't say it enough. And also, I mean, in terms of uh, Thor stuff, I keep reading so much more about Natalie Portman coming into the fray. It better be fucking good. It's got to be. I can't. I'd be a little worried if it was not the same director coming back, but I think they got it. Okay. I think, think he's got it down. Well, I mean, they just are so good about evolving this franchise. Where they bring back Natalie Portman, who who was like I, I read was like I'm done with this. Mm-hmm. She's still you know steel. She's still fairly young, still quite attractive. Mm-hmm. Uh, she could certainly ride on this franchise for another five or more years. And yeah, certainly Jamie Alexander wants back in, and you know I think I mentioned last time that she was just not in Ragnarok because of a scheduling conflict, but she's right. you know good to go. We got Lady Sif ready to go. What Let's uh, make it happen. What about Cat? Whatever her name is. Uh, Harrington? No. T. Broke Girl's cat. What's her name? Yeah. Cat. Kit Harrington. Cat Harrington. I think it's Harrington. No, the one from Two Broke Girls. Uh, I'm aware. Yeah. <laughs> is that right? Two Broke Girls Dennings. actress. Cat Dennings. Cat Dennings. So you were wrong. Whatever. And it was an ending. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's a good place to end. So uh, go, purchase Avengers goodness. Endgame and watch it again. You will enjoy it. And uh, come back soon when we talk Berserker Unbound and some other books that we get to. And uh, we will interview David Peppos once more. And Elliot Ray Hall. Got to get on Elliot that, Ray Hall, yeah. And we'll have a new logo at some point, And we'll be on Spotify. It's, it's the big things are happening. <laughs> Hit us up, too many comics.com and uh, find us online. I've been reading too many comics.